Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Thanks very much, everybody, for joining today's presentation. This is for the full-year results for the year ending um, the 31st of July. Andy and I will split the presentation between us as we go through the next sort of 35 to 40 minutes. We'll cover highlights from the financial year, in particular, how we're making progress with our growth strategy. We've got a specific section on North America, following our acquisition of Railcom in March of this year. We'll talk about the progress we're making in ESG and in particular, the targets we're committing to. Um, and then we'll give a forward looking final statement before we open up for Q&A. So just as a reminder for anybody that's new to the Traxxas story, who are we? So we were founded in 2004 as a spin out from Leeds University, and we were basically spun out to commercialize research and expertise in optimization software. So the business has grown over that period through a mixture of organic growth and 17 acquisitions, which has expanded the group's footprint from the UK into Ireland and into North America. And over that time period, it's the business has delivered a compound annual growth rate of about 30%, which is a fantastic achievement. And almost all of our M&A is self-funded through high levels of operational cash generation. So today, we're a business with 550 employees, revenue of circa 70 million, and EBITDA margins in excess of 20%. As you'll see as we go through the presentation, we've got a strong blue chip client base across the wider transportation market. Um, we have a strong defensible market position based around um, leading edge uh, software and hardware products. And as a business, as you'll see in this presentation, we're committed to being carbon neutral by 2030. And as you'll see, intrinsically, the business is all about supporting uh, governments and uh, countries on their decarbonisation agenda as they move more and more people onto public transport. So in terms of the highlights for the year, the key objectives for the year were to have the business recover fully from the impact of the COVID pandemic. They were to grow our software footprint, both through the go live of our significant order book, but also through securing new long-term contracts with a number of our customers. And it was to expand the footprint of the business into new territories through acquisition. So let's cover the COVID one first. So the COVID recovery is complete. We've seen a very, very strong revenue growth this year largely driven by that COVID recovery. We made deliberate decisions during the pandemic to protect capability in the group, um, to maintain all of the core skills and all of the people that we needed to ensure that we could respond quickly once res restrictions were lifted. And I'm really pleased to see that that's reflected in this year's results. Um, the teams in the affected parts of the business did an outstanding job <clears throat> in managing the business through the pandemic, but then also really benefiting from the, from the um, recovery that we have now seen. In terms of software growth, you can see from the numbers on your screen how much progress we have made this year. So we have announced for the first time an annual recurring revenue metric, and that metric for our rail technology business has increased 13% this year. But you can see specifically on the left-hand four boxes that in some cases we've seen over 100% increase in our user base for our different software products. We'll go into each of those specific areas during the presentation, but you can see that We've made excellent progress in, in each of our core product areas over the past 12 months. And then finally, coming to the acquisition point, it's been our strategic objective to grow into North America for a number of years. 
this year we had the opportunity to acquire railcom which was our number one target there's a fantastic addition great team of people brilliant cultural fit with what traxxas does and that gives us a real opportunity now to cross sell our proven technology and products from the uk into that marketplace um, and we've got a specific section on that as we go through this presentation in addition to that we've expanded our data analytics and gis capabilities in ireland so we now have a team of around 130 people based in dublin um, and we've now added satellite imagery um, capabilities uh, otherwise known as earth observation to the business and that allows you to look at um, changes in land usage changes in asset performance flooding environmental damage and enables that and that complements really strongly not only what we already do in data analytics and GIS but also what we do in the remote condition monitoring space so overall the team has done an outstanding job this year in terms of helping us achieve um, all of our key objectives so alongside this we get asked a number of key questions so just to walk you through those questions the key questions we get are do we have the management bandwidth to deliver the growth potential of the group how are we coping with the risks around retaining and attracting top software and technology talent do we have a business model that's scalable and hence can we maximize all the opportunities that are in front of us in terms of growth are we continuing to silo sell or are, do we now take a more group-wide um, approach and hence are we seeing new opportunities arise and what's our approach on ESG so in answer to those questions we have strengthened our leadership team this year we've brought an experienced group managing director to come and help us with the significant pipeline of large software programs that we have in front of us his expertise is in that sector and he is helping us to drive all of our activities in terms of bringing together how we deliver technical support how we deliver testing and QA how we deliver our software development processes to make sure that we've got a model that can easily expand to cope with our increasing pipeline of new opportunities our group people director has come in to help us drive a real focus in training and development of our teams during the year we launched the one Traxxas leadership program which over 100 of our staff are now enrolled in and that program is focused on how do we develop the next generation of talent focused around ensuring we remain an entrepreneurial agile fast to market business and that's had a really positive reaction so far it's got a long way to run yet it's an 18 month program for each person that joins that program but it's a really important part of helping to facilitate more collaboration a sense that we're much more of a single organization with a singular purpose um, we're taking much more of a key account approach to new business development because we know that under great british railways we will see the divides that currently exist between the infrastructure side of the business and the operator side of the business come down and that will open up new opportunities for us to be able to sell products into new areas of the rail market but also to get different parties to, to collaborate so that there's far more effectiveness in terms of how some of our systems help the railway deliver um, a better customer experience um, for the consumer and then finally at the bottom you'll see in our annual report when it's published next month that we now have a very detailed review of our scope one and scope two emissions and the roadmap that we have for the future um, Andy will talk you through the, the headlines from that later in this presentation but from an overall headline perspective we're committing to be carbon neutral by 2030 which is a, a really important for our employees it's also very important for our clients because it's in, in, an increasingly important question when we're going through a procurement process but it's also important for us as an organization just to show our commitment to the to the wider environment sustainability and to also commit to the governance of the of the overall business 
So as an intro, we're really pleased with the progress we've been, we've made. Um, we're very much on track to deliver our long-term growth strategy. Um, and I'll now hand over to Andy for him to talk you through more details around the financial performance of the group. Thanks, Chris. So in terms of the headlines on financial performance, we're reporting a strong performance for the year um, characterized by high levels of revenue growth. So total revenue for the group grew by 37% to 68.7 million pounds. And included within that is organic revenue growth of 24%. That reflects both the post-COVID recovery in our events and traffic data businesses, and also strong organic growth in our operational planning and customer experience businesses in the rail technology division. And as a result, our annual recurring revenue in rail technology grew by 13%, as Chris mentioned. Alongside the strong organic growth, we've seen a good contribution from the acquisitions of Icon Geo and Railcom that we made in the year, which collectively have delivered £5.3 million of revenue. Our adjusted EBITDA increased by 9% to £14.2 million. In the prior year, we were still claiming some benefit under the UK government furlough scheme to the tune of £900,000. So when you adjust for that, the growth in EBITDA that's more reflective of the 13% growth in revenue is closer to 17%. As a group, we're highly cash generative. We finished the year with 17.2 million pounds of cash in total, and that's after investing 13 and a half million pounds in the year in acquisitions and contingent and deferred consideration. We don't have any debt, so we're really well positioned to continue to invest in the growth of the business. And we restored our dividend at the half year, having completed that COVID recovery. We're proposing a final dividend for the year of 1.1 pence, bringing the total dividend for the year to two pence per share. This slide breaks down our revenue components in a bit more detail. There's a lot of information on here, so I'll, I'll try and step you through it. In terms of color coding, anything green is our rail technology side of the business, and anything blue is the data and analytics side of the business. And in rail, we split out remote condition monitoring separately because the majority of that revenue is hardware. And you'll see in that remote condition monitoring that we delivered revenue that was similar to what we achieved in FY20. In the first half of the year, we had a slight slowdown as a result of the record performance in FY21. We found that our customers still had some kit that was on their shelves that was waiting to be installed. But in the second half of the last financial year, we got back to run rate performance that was consistent with H2 of FY21. So that, that business is well positioned to grow and is also very relevant to the North American market, as we'll discuss in due course. Rail software showed very strong growth of 21%. That includes the benefit of the Railcom acquisition and also from new contract wins in the year for Tracks Enterprise and for our smart ticketing products, which Chris will cover in more detail later in the presentation. On the data analytics consultancy and events side of the business, data informatics showed very strong revenue growth for the year, including the benefit of Icon Geo and organic growth for Compass Informatics. Our traffic data and events businesses, these were the ones that were most impacted by COVID in terms of activity levels in their markets. You can see that both of them delivered strong revenue performance in the year and completed that post-COVID recovery. Events was incredibly strong. Demand there throughout the year was particularly high. Our team did a really good job of being able to deliver against that. Within that 15.7 million pounds of revenue this year, there was approximately 1.4 million pounds associated with supporting COVID vaccine and testing centres that we would anticipate would fall away in FY23. 
Traffic data had a slightly slower recovery or more prolonged recovery. By the time we got to Q4 last year, that business was again back to pre-pandemic levels. And even though there's a little bit more volatility in that market on a month-to-month -month basis, uh, we have seen a recovery there versus the impact of the pandemic. And finally, Transport Insights, revenue growth there includes the full year benefit from the flash forward acquisition that we made in February 2021, as well as good underlying levels of demand for our rail consultancy. The chart on the right shows the proportion of recurring and repeat revenue in each side of the business relative to total revenue. This is most relevant for us in the rail technology and services division. One of our strategic goals is to grow that level of recurring revenue. What we've included in that 21.1 million pounds is revenue that comes from our multi-year recurring software licenses. And it also includes a baseline level of remote condition monitoring hardware sales. What we don't include is where we have license agreements with customers before the product has gone live, where we're working with the customer to develop and customize the product. So we only include the revenue streams from those licenses in ARR once that product has gone live. Looking at the income statement, so you can see here the strong revenue and profit growth. The reason that EBITDA margin went backwards on prior year is reflective of that increased mix of revenue from the lower margin data analytics consultancy and events business. Now that activity levels have recovered to more normal levels. The other thing to highlight here is the fact that our statutory profit before tax decreased when our adjusted EBITDA increased. The main driver of that is to do with earnouts and contingent consideration on previous acquisitions, particularly Belvedi, which is a key part of our Trax Enterprise offering. So the amount of contingent consideration due in the final year of Belvedi's earnout has increased significantly in the year on the back of those contract wins. As always with earnouts, we're very happy to pay it because it means it's a sign of success and, and strong performance in the underlying business. And that cash considerations is self-funded out of underlying business performance. On a division by division basis, uh, rail technology on the left-hand side, again, there was a slight reduction in overall margin in this division. And this is the impact of Railcom becoming part of the portfolio. So Railcom is currently a lower margin business than our UK rail businesses. And that's because its product offering today has a lower proportion of software elements relative to hardware and installation elements. We don't see anything intrinsic in the North American market that means we can't move Railcom up to being at a similar level of margin to our UK business, particularly when we start to bring across and cross sell some of the existing UK products in the North American market. And we'll talk more about that in due course. On data analytics, consultancy and events, this was the side of the business that had that £900,000 profit support last year from the furlough scheme. So the five percentage points reduction and adjusted EBITDA does include that element. We would focus on this side of the business much more on margin improvement than necessarily revenue growth and looking to move that margin up more towards a sort of mid-team level in the near future. And finally, looking at cash flow, so the business does generate a, a high level of operating cash. We did see a four million pound net investment in working capital this year, which again reflects that revenue recovery curve that we've seen, particularly in the events and traffic data businesses. Both of those have very large revenue contributions in June and July. So we saw a net investment in receivables. Uh, we haven't had any bad debt incidences. There's no issues with recovery there. And we'd expect that to unwind in the current financial year. 
In addition to the 13 and a half million pounds consideration investment in acquisitions and earnouts, there was also 600,000 pounds of deal costs. We had a bit of a catch up on a CapEx perspective. So again, those traffic data and events businesses that are more asset intensive, uh, we weren't investing as heavily through the COVID period. Now that we've seen that recovery, there's a bit of a catch up on CapEx there. And the cash flow in financing activities includes the cash impacts of restoring the dividend at the half year. So the closing cash position of 17.2 million in total. Uh, we don't capitalize any of our R&D costs. So what you see here is all very clean. And we anticipate there's about nine million pounds of cash outflow in FY23 on remaining earnouts and deferred consideration. That will be funded from free cash flow. And that is mainly the, the, large, the last remaining elements of the large earnouts that we've got in the business. So after that, we've just got the icon earnout, which would be in the region of a million pounds beyond that. So uh, that whole picture gets a lot clearer after FY23 and clearly gives us much more of that free cash flow that's available to invest in the future growth of the business. So with that, I'll hand you back to Chris to go through in more detail the elements of our growth strategy. Great, thanks Andy. Um, so just as a reminder for everybody, in terms of simplifying our investment case and enabling people to understand where we're investing for growth at the moment, this is the slide we use to do that. So we are looking at delivering sustainably 10% organic growth across the group. We're looking to expand our addressable markets. So this year we've done that in North America and we've done that in Earth Observation. We're looking to do that through acquisition as well as just doing that through organic measures. And we're also looking to increasingly integrate the group so that we get far more synergies and far more com commonality in our approach across the organization. So those remain unchanged. And then we're investing in five core areas. So four of those are in the rail space, which are numbered one to four. And then we've got a fifth area, which is linked to data analytics and GIS. So as usual, we'll just give a one page update on progress in each of these. Um, but what's important to mention on the rail technology areas is that we held an institutional investor day on the 3rd of October. For that event, we have created um, product demonstration videos on each of the areas one to four, and they are available via the investor section of the Traxxas website. So each of those is 10 minutes in length. They are uh, an interview with the managing director of each of those parts of our business, um, which walk you through the history, um, our value proposition, um, our current market position um, and what the future opportunities look like, as well as um, a demonstration of the product, what it looks like um, and why it's delivering the benefits that it is to, to our customers. So if you have not had a chance to look at those, please do, because they're a great opportunity to really understand what it is that Traxxas does on the rail technology side of its business. So if we go through each of the areas, we'll start with Trax Enterprise. So this is a big program we've been developing for the last four years. It takes a number of our on-prem products and integrates them together into a single end-to-end -end enterprise solution. The system has finally gone live with the first customer. It went live in July of this year. It covers the entire end-to-end -end operating system that the train operator uses. So it's everything from timetabling, short and long-term planning, uh, rostering and resourcing, including looking at training matrices and our drivers and crew trained to be on the trains that they're on, and how they can therefore more efficiently allocate staff across those services right the way through to on the day control so what we mean by that is that the operator can now respond to events that happen during the course of the day 
and use our tools to actually scenario plan the best way of recovering those services. So it's a huge step forward in terms of being able to give an op train operator a single system that they can use. So you can see from here that currently got about 300 daily specialist users and 5,000 train drivers using this system. Um, it's been a challenging um, implementation because it's the first system of its type that's gone live in the UK. Um, but that system has now been running for almost four months. Um, and you know, it's a, it will become a great um, you know, advert for the skills and capabilities of what the Traxxas team can deliver uh, in this space. So we've got five other passenger and freight operators that are already contracted with this product. So they're part of our order book. So they're not reflected in our annual recurring revenue metric because they're not live yet, but they will go live over the next 18 months. So they will build on the lessons learned and the successes of the first project that we've implemented. And then what we will see is that product become increasingly productized as we get to uh, define the best practice processes and solutions that sit behind this product. And then we'll be able to roll this product out to more operators and make the rollout faster in nature. So a huge achievement from the team um, and you know, uh, a great statement of what Traxxas is capable of, of delivering. Um, then if we look at remote condition monitoring, so we've had this business for a very long time now within the Traxxas organization. We have over 24,000 hardware units now installed. Those units range from ones that are literally just black boxes that are recording information on an ongoing basis, but from which you don't retrieve any data, through to ones that we're retrieving data every five milliseconds to invest to be able to evaluate asset performance and system performance at any point in time. And we can do that through a product called Centrix, which is our uh, data acquisition platform that sits on top of the RCM solution. Um, and we've seen over 20% growth this year in that user base. As, as the industry really starts to understand the, the power of this product and how it can be used to move towards much more predictive maintenance rather than what's called frequency-based maintenance. So what I mean by that is today, people have to physically visit an asset every three months or a predetermined period of time to actually inspect it. Under preventative maintenance, you actually only go to site when you start to see a deterioration in the performance of that asset. So it greatly improves the effectiveness of the network because you intervene before there's a failure and it also makes it much more efficient in terms of where you can deploy resources because you can focus the resources in the areas that are of most interest we've also been showcasing this product um, significantly in the us now through our railcom team um, we've seen some fantastic interest at the industry events that we've been at with long queues of people waiting to try the product understand what it does um, and this is something that is very easily exportable into other overseas markets. So that's one of our key focuses that we'll discuss when we look at the North American growth strategy shortly. The third area to update everybody on it is smart ticketing and delay repay. So this year we've implemented a further two delay repay contracts. So we're now live with over 90% of the UK train operators. So that's a great place to be. And we're now seeing um, a strong recovery in revenues as passenger numbers return onto the railways. We have also seen good growth in our smart ticketing platform. So we've seen another deployment of our It's So Smart Card platform. We are in the final stages of agreeing a contract for the first contactless bank card version of this technology. And we've also been developing a mobile app version of it as well, which removes the need for expensive gate line technology within railway stations. So as you can imagine, there's lots of stations in the UK that don't have gate lines. They're either in remote locations or in locations where it's simply too difficult or expensive to implement that technology. So this will open up the 
pay-as-you-go smart ticketing platform to be able to use anywhere in the country. So lots of demand in this area, lots of interest in the products that we have to offer. And we've also been committing a lot of R&D funding in this area to accelerate um, the technologies that we have available to us. Then if we look at risk management and safety software, so this year has all been about the rollout of a major software contract that we secured the license agreement for in July 2021. At that point, we had 20,000 users of this product in the UK supply chain. So that's 650 organizations that deploy staff onto the railway. And the rollout finishes next week. We will have a further 20,000 users using this system from within Network Rail. Um, and that's a huge achievement from the team. And that program has been delivered in partnership with EY. This is an important step in demonstrating the skills that we have as an organization in terms of delivering the digital transformation journey that the industry is looking to go on. And it's already stimulating conversations around, well, what are the next products that should be added into the Rail Hub platform that brings together a whole digital infrastructure for network rail and the supply chain to be able to deliver, you know, safely and effectively future in, in, um, infrastructure upgrades and maintenance works on the railway. And then the final update is in data analytics and GIS. So as we've already spoken about, we acquired Icon Geo in November 2021. That business is now integrated together with our existing team to create a 130 person business that now has a broad breadth of capabilities around data science, data insights, data analytics, GIS, remote sensing and various other things that can be used to to really interrogate data sets and to give people a much more insight into how you use data to make long-term decisions that are in the best interest of a transport infrastructure or an environmental footprint or, or utility performance. So this is something that we're very keen to become part of a wider offering. Um, we've got a lot of activity currently in Ireland. We'd like to see much more activity now linked to our UK transport um, client base. So that will be a key, a key area of focus for us moving forward. So they are the five key updates, lots of good progress. Um, we have a strong order book. We've got a very strong pipeline across all of those areas. Um, and that puts us in a really strong position moving forward. So I will now hand you back to Andy just to talk through the North American uh, growth strategy and our analysis we've been doing on the addressable market. Thanks, Chris. So I suppose the, the starting point for this is to say that we're really pleased with uh, how Railcom is performing. Um, it's uh, a really solid business. Um, good growth opportunities, and in terms of the team and the fit with Traxxas, it's been a really positive start. What we've got on this slide are some data points to help you to understand the size of the opportunity for Traxxas in the North American market. The, the track length one comes with a bit of a caveat, because in, in the US there's an awful lot of straight lines of track that aren't particularly asset intensive, so that's not what we do. But when you look at some of those asset categories and, and things like track circuits, switches, barrier crossings, these are the sorts of assets that our remote condition monitoring products would typically monitor. You can see that not only is there a significantly larger market and significantly higher numbers of these assets, but the penetration of coverage in terms of remote condition monitoring is much lower as well. So take circuits, for example, approximately 45% coverage in the UK market. In the US, that will be less than 5% probably. So a significant opportunity for us to go after. And in terms of what the industry looks like in the number of operators, it's a much more disparate market than exists in the UK. So you don't have that same model of one infrastructure owner and a number of operators. 
much more disparate in the US, hence the importance of finding a, a target and a, and a landing point like Railcom that already has those customer relationships and has the sales team that can get in there. And what we're seeing are some nice spaces within that where Traxxas can play. In terms of the growth opportunities, there's, there's three that I'd like to highlight here, and they kind of go in, in sort of order of sequence of, of timing. So fundamentally, Railcom as a business today, its core products are in yard automation and computer-aided dispatch. We see really good organic growth opportunities for these well-established products, good brand, good customer relationships. We acquired the business with a strong order book that's unwinding, and we have won some new contracts and new orders for those products since we had since we acquired the business so really solid foundation to build from on the left hand side as chris mentioned remote condition monitoring is then the first probably of our product categories in the uk that will start to cross sell into the us we have done this historically through a reseller so we, we have sold a small amount of remote condition monitoring product into the north american market so we know there's a market for it but now combined with Railcom's sales reach, we've got the opportunity to really push that harder. It's a very transferable product, um, pretty much to change the power supply and those units can be installed and used in North America as well. So that's our, that's our first area of focus. And then on the right hand side, what we are finding now that we're opening uh, discussions and conversations with Railcom's clients is an opportunity to also bring across some of the operational software and the Trax Enterprise type software for the transit operators in the US, which again, the, the uh, operating model they have at the moment doesn't have that software solution. Some of it is, is very basic and run out of Microsoft Excel and solutions like that. So we see an opportunity to bring that across. That's not trivial, so that won't be tomorrow, but that's more of a, a sort of a medium and longer term growth opportunity. In terms of the competitive environment in those areas, so these are those four product categories and these logos are the main players in those markets. So it's a mixture of some very large multinational companies, Wabtec, Alstom, Siemens, and some smaller, more regional focused US businesses. So what we see here is a nice space in the middle for Traxxas to play in, but similar to what it does in the UK market, both from a product perspective. So combining our products that have the credibility and the track record of being used in the UK with the uh, robustness and the sales reach of a US sales team in Railcom, but also the ability moving across these product categories to, to integrate and join up our software solutions so you get a truly integrated solution similar to Trax Enterprise rather than these individual items solving particular problems. And then as well as that product growth opportunity, there's, a, there's an M&A opportunity here to be a consolidator play in that kind of mid-market position. We can't see anybody else who's doing that in the rail technology space in the US at the moment. In terms of the potential size of the market, we've, uh, we've done an early estimate of what we think this might be on a fairly prudent basis. And, and it is a bit of an estimate because some of this market isn't very mature at the moment and is still being formed. But what this diagram shows is in green, an annualized revenue con contribution from Railcom today. The blue is what we think our competitors are currently delivering. And then what you can see in each area is significant white space and significant growth opportunity for Traxxas in these markets. And one of our experienced UK rail managing directors has relocated with his family to the US this summer. So he's now in place uh, and he's focused, fully focused on 
delivering and executing this growth strategy in North America. Before I hand back to Chris, I'd just like to briefly touch on ESG. Chris mentioned this at the start. Sustainability and, and positive sustainability outcomes are absolutely intrinsic to what we do at Traxxas. And that's on both sides of the business. So it's not just about that modern railway, but also on the data analytics side of the business, a lot of the customers we work with also are focused on positive environmental and sustainability outcomes. So this is something we're really proud of. It's something that's really important to us and is increasingly important to our people and in terms of retaining and attracting talent, being a business that really makes a difference, uh, helps us to stand out and, and it's something that we're very proud of. In terms of our own operating model, as Chris said, there'll be much more detail on this in the annual report that we published in early December. But we set ourselves the target of being carbon neutral by 2030. About 75% of our carbon emissions come out of our fleet of vehicles, and that's mainly in events and traffic data businesses. So there's a very clear target there to fully electrify that fleet of vehicles, and also to make sure that we're using 100% clean energy in terms of our buildings and other facilities. So we've articulated that, we've got a very clear strategy of how we're going to deliver that. And again, this is really important these days, both to us as a business, to our people, and increasingly to our customers. So we're being very clear on our ambitions here. So I'll now pass you back to Chris to cover an update on the markets and the outlook for the business. Great, thanks Andy. So just in terms of three final slides here. So the first one really is to talk about the UK rail market. Now there's clearly a lot of questions and uncertainty around the structure. Um, you've all have heard of Great British Railways. Um, there's clearly a lot of industrial action at the moment. So we'll just give our thoughts on that just for a couple of moments. So the Great British Railways structure has made progress, but it's now waiting for legislation um, to be passed through Parliament, which isn't going to happen in, uh, this year, but it is hoped will happen next year. There's a, a Great British Railways transition team has been established, which has taken um, experts from across the industry and they are basically laying out the strategy for the future of the of the industry, which will see much more collaboration and closer working between network rail and the operators. Those changes are kind of universally welcomed. And I think we, we will see them slowly being implemented either pre-legislation or post-legislation starting through the course of next year. They are all directionally work well for, for Traxxas. We've been participating in some of those uh, conversations. And a lot of the future is around digital transformation, which is absolutely what we what we do. Um, rail industrial action is a bit as a sort of a double edged sword. Um, the constant changing of oper operators timetables um, and the location of rolling stock and crew actually plays to our strengths because that's what a lot of our tools solve. However, it does make a distraction for the industry. And it does potentially slow down the pace of large program implementation because of restricted access to key people who are who are absorbed in the operational challenges that exist at the moment. So we're all hoping that that comes to a swift conclusion in the coming weeks. Um, and then in the US, we're seeing a little bit unionized labor shortages having an impact on some of the implementation schedules. Again, we do not we do not install any of our equipment online side. So we are often um, reliant on customers providing that resource. Um, so that's something we're working in partnership with our customers to make sure it doesn't become um, an issue for us moving forward. So in summary, we're not seeing any delays to procurement. We're not seeing any um, reduction in interest for any of our products. 
If you look at what our products do, they provide either safety critical related outcomes, they provide operational efficiency outcomes, or they help drive increases in passenger revenue. So whichever way you look at it, they have a net positive benefit in terms of the overall benefits case that the industry is looking to gain from its future uh, direction of travel. So we continue just to push on with our growth plans here and to continue to push on with translating our order book uh, into future revenue. On the other side of the group, as we talked about earlier, we're just seeing ongoing demand for large sporting events and music festivals. As an example, there was lots of um, uh, news last week about Glastonbury putting its prices up, yet every ticket sold within an hour. So incredible demand, and we're seeing that still across a huge number of um, other events. Take Peter Kay's latest tour, again, sold out almost within, within minutes of those tickets going on, on sale. So we're continuing to gear that business up for very strong levels of demand um, moving forward. Um, we're seeing strong interest from regulated industries around our data analytics and GIS expertise. The Irish government in particular has got some strong EU funding, which is using across a number of areas, and we're benefiting from that. And in the UK, we're seeing strong demand for our operational consultancy services, you know, which specialise in helping train operators and transport operators deliver better and better services to their customers. And we've also been awarded uh, a multi-year annual of our large UK traffic data survey, which is a big part of what we do in our traffic data business unit, which again gives us confidence in the, in the long term uh, as well. So overall, we've got um, good pipeline, good order book, committed teams. The only thing just to mention on this side is if there was any kind of UK government spending review, this is the side of our business that's most susceptible to that. We're not seeing any um, evidence of any slowdown or anything at this stage but we're just, um, just flagging that for transparency. So in conclusion, we've got Q1 trading has been in line with expectations. We've got a long and strong order book with a continuing pipeline of opportunities across all parts of the rail industry, in particular across passenger, freight and the infrastructure space. We're continuing to look at a range of acquisitions. So acquisitions remains a key part of our ongoing growth strategy. Um, so in summary, we're going to continue to be, be innovating in new products and continuing to deliver the ongoing projects that we're committed to. Um, we will be continuing to integrate the group together um, and looking at opportunities for greater collaboration and how we invest, embed best practice so that we can continue to scale and grow the business. M&A will be increasingly focused on rail software and technology acquisitions, so helping us drive up our ARR metric. We'll be implementing the ESG priorities that Andy touched on and that are outlined in more detail in our annual report. And we'll also be implementing ISO 14001 this year. Um, so overall, we've got really clear long-term investment plan for the group. We've got very clear strategic growth targets for the group, um, and we're in a really strong position to deliver on that moving forward. So thank you very much for listening. Um, we will now open up for any questions that you might have. Can you expand on the pipeline of opportunities in smart ticketing and any early opportunities with Hopster? Uh, yes, we can. So we are seeing a range of different interests. So each operator kind of can make their own decision in terms of which format of our smart ticketing platform they want to use for pay-as-you-go purposes. So some are choosing the smart card version because you can brand that in the colors or in the uh, branding of the train operator. So it's very easy for a customer to identify the product that they're using. Um, some, as we've mentioned, are using the contactless bank card format, which is very similar to how Oyster card works uh, in London. 
Um, and then Hopster App, as, as was said, is a, a new product from us designed to kind of alleviate the need for um, uh, expensive gate line technology. So that's a product we've had. The, the first version of the app um, is being it's been used. We've been showcasing that to customers. We're now developing the version of that ready to go into the pilot phase, and that will be ready, we hope, sort of early part of the new year. Um, and we've got a number of train operators talking to us about that technology and exploring being part of a pilot. So there'll be more news to follow on that at the probably at the half year results point when we'll be able to talk much more about um, our views on user adoption, the response from the uh, train operators in terms of the technology uh, and a clear review on what the future for that technology looks like. Tremendous. Thank you very much. And how should we think about the competition in the US split between larger and smaller players? Um, what you should see that as is there's two sides to that. So when we first looked at the North American market for acquisition, the bad news was is we couldn't find a Traxxas like business. So somebody that was a technology consolidator with multiple different products already established in the market. The good news is because that company doesn't exist, we could fill that white space in North America. So Railcom, we wanted a business that had a really good footprint, a proven track record of delivery, and which we could use as a platform to grow, to kind of repeat what we've done in the UK. Now, we won't repeat it in the sense of creating lots of separate silo businesses. We will create it as one single uh, organization. But we would now love to be able to pick up different acquisition opportunities in the US and build our size and scale to actually become become that sort of um, mid-ranging uh, uh, rail technology provider. So we, we wonder if there's opportunities to carve out particular opportunities from larger providers, which are perhaps no longer core to them, in addition to actually attracting smaller organizations to come and join the business. So we've obviously got a great track record of, um, of acquisition. So that puts us in a strong place to be able to deliver on that strategy. Thank you. And someone has a follow-up question. Would it be better to integrate Railcom before contemplating further acquisitions, unless you're adding Bolt-on to Railcom? Um, Railcom is pretty self-sufficient. In fact, Railcom has got a lot of sophisticated business processes already sitting behind its organisation. So actually, it was very easy to bring it into the group and make it feel very much part of the group from day one. Um, so we've put a experienced managing director has moved with his family into North America to give that bridgehead back to the UK businesses. But as far as we're concerned, we already, we've got that proven platform. We've got an experienced management team there. We've got a very capable team sitting behind them. Um, and if we can bring the right level of training and expertise into our US team so that we can support through localization um, our, the export of our products from the UK, we don't see any reason why we can't push forward with that straight away. And what other geographic regions are you actively investigating with expanding the rail operations business? You know, we'd love to expand the business into uh, Northern Europe as well. Um, I think we are conscious of um, getting the right balance between opportunity and bandwidth. So um, in the near term, we wouldn't necessarily be looking to go halfway across the world. Um, but we certainly geographic expansion is is one of the the avenues for MA. So um, so as Chris said, more more expansion in the US and North America, um, expansion into Europe um, would absolutely be be keen to do that. Tremendous, thank you. And are you looking at expanding into the bus network? We already do some work in our particular our transport consultancy into in uh, the bus industry. 
So, um, so we do have connections there. Um, again, in terms of future growth of the business, we are open-minded about diversifying in the transport space. Uh, as Chris said earlier, the, the key criteria for us are high quality businesses, high technology elements, growing recurring revenue. Uh, if we can find those targets in other parts of the transport space, then yeah, we'd absolutely be open-minded to it. And following the scrapping of the transport bill and consequent delay to the Great British Railways implementation, what impact, if any, do you feel this will have for Traxxas? Um, it clearly causes some uncertainty, but at the moment, we're not seeing any kind of direct impact onto us as an organisation. Um, so clearly, when we get to a situation, let's, let's assume the organisation, the industry does go to the Great British Railways model, that will clearly open up opportunities where the industry decides to standardise upon particular solutions that it might well apply nationwide. So that might apply to its retail platform. It might apply to how it does ticketing. It might be about how, how it applies particular technologies that clearly does open up the opportunity for a larger addressable market and perhaps easier procurement routes but it also opens up the threat to obviously other people coming into the market and potentially potentially taking market share from us so i think great british railways model whichever way it goes is 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 a positive for the industry we see it as a positive for us as an organization because it will largely be driven by digital transformation and that's what play that's what plays to our strengths so what we're trying to do as much as we can is be involved in those conversations and ensure that as much of our leading edge tech as possible is in play with the different independent operators and with network rail so, so whenever we get to that point you know we are one of the dominant suppliers of those technologies and are proving to the industry um the benefits that that, that brings them um so you know we will continue to provide everybody with updates on on how that transition goes and we're hoping sort of by the time of our half-year results next year, we should have a lot more clarity in terms of that timeline. And that's the end of questions. Chris, do you have any closing remarks? Um, no, just to say thank you very much, everybody, for joining. Andy and I couldn't do this without a fantastic team of people that work for us uh, and without the support of the, the wider industries in which we operate. So uh, a big thank you to everybody that's contributed to our success. And uh, we're very confident that we can continue the, to grow the business and to, uh, you know, be an important contributor to the industries in which we operate moving forward. So thank you very much, everybody. And uh, we look forward to catching up in the future. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.